Welcome to the Grace Long Beach Podcast, a series of sermons from our weekly Sunday gathering. For more information on our church community, values, and service times, please visit www.gracelb.org. Thanks for listening. Today's reading is Luke 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus declared that everyone throughout the empire should be enrolled in the tax lists. This first enrollment occurred when Quirinius governed Syria. Everyone went to their own cities to be enrolled. Since Joseph belonged to David's house and family line, he went up from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to David's city called Bethlehem in Judea. He went to be enrolled together with Mary, who was promised to him in marriage and who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for Mary to have her baby. She gave birth to her firstborn child, a son, wrapped him snugly and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the guest room. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping their watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go right now to Bethlehem and see what's happened. Let's confirm what the Lord has revealed to us. They went quickly and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw this, they reported what they had been told about this child. Everyone who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds told them. Mary committed these things to memory and considered them carefully. The shepherds returned home glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything happened just as they had been told. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Kids, you're dismissed to King's Quest and the, while the rest of us are seated. Thank you, Jen, for that reading. I just, I hear the music um, of the beloved Charlie Brown, and, and I love that, I love that, um, I love that you did that, Jen, just because it's a, I think it pulls together some of the different elements of this season that we're familiar with, but also in the familiarity, actually, that it, it, it shows us and reveals to us, I think, the substance and the beauty of, of God's Word, that it would, it, it would make its way um, into our homes uh, every year. Um, so 
We're going to be talking about that text a little bit this morning. But before that, I'd like to pray. God, you are the God who comes to us. You are the God who is with us. I ask that you would speak, uh, that you'd give us ears to hear. I pray that you would help us to receive your coming to us and the light that you shine upon us and that we would see anew who you are and who we are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're in our season of Advent um, and we're talking about uh, awaiting the light, this journey that we see in this season um, of God's light coming to us in Christ. Last week we talked about before the light. We talked about the darkness, suggesting that Advent begins in the dark. That Advent pulls us into this part of the story, our story, our world in which we live, in which Christ came, but also is still to come. And we live in this time in which we need to continually see the light of Christ that is dawning. Because if we look around, we live in the already and not yet. We live in a world in which we have the questions, because Christ has come, so why are we still here in this place, suffering these things, encountering this type of violence? And we're here in the middle as we look forward to when that light will come fully in Christ, when all things are made new. So last week before the light... This morning we're going to look at the coming light of Christ, the invading light, as God comes to us in Jesus, in that baby lying in a manger. Next week we'll talk about the ongoing light. What does it look like for us as God's people, the church, to be Christ's ongoing presence in the world? And then we'll end with the future light, the light that will be when Christ returns again. So the invading light this morning. And here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to talk about this light that Christ brings to us. And in three different ways, in three different facets. And I want to talk about how this light surprises us. How this light unsettles us. And how this light reveals certain things about God and about ourselves to us. And I want to do this by actually pulling it through um, some of the main characters that are around the story of the Nativity. The story that we're actually all familiar with. Even if you haven't been in church or you don't really know much about Christianity, you certainly know some of the different components of what took place when Christ was born. So I want to talk about three, these three different things um, through the characters of Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, and King Herod. And I'd like to take the first two together. So the coming light both surprises and unsettles us. And here's what I mean by that. It was not expected. Now, it's so familiar to us, these stories, of how Christ came into the world, of how angels appeared to Mary, to Joseph, and to the shepherds. And yet, it was new for the characters then. There was nothing that could have prepared them for what was about to take place. It was not immediately obvious. So let's consider for a moment Mary. Now we know the story of Mary. We know that, that an angel came to Mary. And of course the angel, as angels do in the scripture, they say, fear not, do not be afraid. 
Because when an angel appears before you, when somewhat of the glory of God is present, it is terrifying. It is awe-inducing. You don't know what to do with it. So the angel says, fear not to Mary. And then begins to tell Mary what is going to take place. That you are going to have a child. And this child will be a savior. Now, of course, this is confusing to Mary. How can this be? Mary is not yet married. Mary is a virgin. And so it says, the text actually says that she was perplexed and confused. And so the angel says to her, well, Mary, you will be overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. And the child will be conceived by the Holy Spirit. To which I can only imagine Mary saying, thanks, angel. That clears everything up. And yet, Mary receives this news from the angel and says, here I am. But it was completely surprising. And now, of course, we have Joseph, this man who is going to be taking Mary as his wife. And we know the story of Joseph. Of course, Joseph hears that that Mary is with child. And this is a disgrace to not be married and yet to to be pregnant And Joseph knows this is not his child. And so he decides in his mind that he is going to quietly remove himself from the relationship so as not to bring disgrace upon Mary. And then again, as angels do, an angel came to, to Joseph in a dream and said, take Mary as your wife. She will bear a son. You will name him Jesus. And so Joseph, of course, decides to do it. But this was not expected. This is not something that they had imagined would actually take place. They had the prophets, they had the stories, but nothing could have prepared them for angels showing up in their life, telling them that they were about to be a mother and a father to the person of Jesus, who is the Messiah, Savior of the world. So it's surprising, but it's also unsettling. Now imagine for a moment Mary and Joseph receiving the news of being with child. Now from what I've heard, being pregnant completely overwhelms all of you and your body and it overtakes you and something is happening inside of you. It unsettles you. The things that are taking place as you are preparing to give birth to this child, as your body is preparing to give birth to this child, it is a slow process but it is an ongoing, continual, daily process. And it's a constant reminder that one's life is not their own. Now imagine Joseph. Joseph, who is expecting to be a father to the Savior of the world, who has now been in charge or the responsibility of keeping Mary safe, keeping this child safe, of bringing her to a place where she can give birth, but all the while undergoing the potential judgment and the disgrace of people looking upon them because of what has happened. How is it that that she is pregnant before they've been married? His life is completely unsettled. And as I consider and as I've been sitting with these narratives um, for the last week, one thing comes to mind is that they asked for none of this. They were intruded upon by God. The light of Christ has invaded their lives. 
And they are then forced to respond to it. They are surprised and they are unsettled. Now think about the shepherds. Here they are at night. They're just working. It's any other night in the pasture. All of a sudden, an angel of the Lord appears to them. Now, if that's not terrifying enough, eventually a whole host appears before them. And they say, fear not. And they begin to tell these shepherds of actually what took place. In Bethlehem, a child has been born. A child has been born to deal with the the sins of the world. Peace among men. Now, it was just any other night, just any other day of work. It was a normal day until it wasn't. The light of Christ surprises them. And then they want to see for themselves. They go and see this baby lying in a manger. Everything is as they were told it would be. There's a baby. There is a mother. There is a father. And they are overwhelmed with excitement that they begin to tell and to share with those who are around what the angels have said, who this child is, and what this child will do. And it says that Mary committed these things to her mind. And then the shepherds leave, and they can't contain it. They praise, and they share the story. But their life as they knew it can no longer be. They are surprised by this host of angels. Their lives are completely upended and unsettled. They need to figure out what it will be like from here on out. I mean, imagine this. Mary and Joseph and the shepherds. Their life was one way, one day, until it wasn't. And they are to make sense of the rest of their lives as they move forward in light of what God is doing in the world, in them, through them. Another character, King Herod. Now, you know this king? King of, king of Jerusalem. He is the king of the Jews at the time. Now three wise men or wise men, magi from the east, come to Herod. And they say, Herod, do you know of this child, this king, this new king that has been born? Do you know where he might be so that we might go and worship? Now, of course, his surprise is Herod. Again, he knows the story. He knows the text. And yet, nothing could have prepared him for this. What do you mean there is another king? He is surprised, but it also unsettles him. The text says that Herod is frightened. His power is threatened. If there is another king, that means that I am not king. So he devises this plan. He sends the magi off, and he says, let me know where this king is so that I might go and worship. And of course, we know that's not what Herod will want to do, because eventually, out of his fear, out of his loss of power, he will then put out a decree that all children, all male children under the age of two will be killed. Because when power is threatened, what is left to do than respond with violence and with terror? Herod, surprised and unsettled by the invading light of Jesus. Now, as we think of these three characters, or four, Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, and Herod, I find it really interesting in that they offer some version or at least a mirror of the journey of faith, so to speak. That when the light of Christ comes into our life or comes into the world, 
It comes in in ways that might be subtle. Perhaps it's going to take some time to give birth into one's life. It's a slow, ongoing process. And perhaps some of you are there now, right? Some of you are surprised or potentially intrigued by what is going on in your life as if Christ and his presence is coming alive in you and you don't know what to do with it. Is this real? Is this actually happening to me? How do I make sense of this? It's surprising and you weren't expecting it. But for some of you, the light of Christ coming into your life completely overwhelms you like the shepherds. It is like this one day, the next day it is this, this big lights in the sky sort of experience. It's a complete and utter overhaul of your life and you're intrigued by it and you want to, to discover it and you want to go and see for yourself and you begin this process of faith, of growing toward wanting to see Christ more and more. But for some of us also this the invading light of Christ as it comes to us is threatening. We know that it means something. It means that we are going to have to give up ourselves and our own power in light of this coming king who is making himself known in our lives. And so it feels threatening and it feels scary. And so what we want to do often is to look the other way, to deny it, to reject it. We want to just get it out of our lives because we don't know what to do with it. There is no mystery that life with God, that the invading light of Christ in our lives is absolutely and utterly surprising. Nothing could prepare you for it. And it's also completely unsettling in that it changes the way that you live. And there's nothing that you could do. It was your life was one way before Jesus. Since meeting Jesus, it's a whole nother way. And the process of being with Jesus, of receiving that light, is continually wondering, how do I live in reference to the light that is shining upon my life? See, Advent reminds us that the God of, in Christ that we see is a God who is surprising, and it's a God who is unsettling. Nothing can prepare us for this God, and it's a completely unsettling experience to to be in life with this God. And our life of faith are those two things as well. It's surprising and unsettling because it takes over who we are. It takes over our life, our world. But I also want to talk about the third thing, which is that the coming light of Christ is revealing. It reveals something to us. It reveals something to us about God and it reveals something to us about ourselves. Now, as we look at these narratives, it's fascinating to me that, that God comes to those who were unsuspecting, but also to those who were completely unspectacular. God chooses to reveal himself in the world through a young woman. Through a young woman, again, who didn't ask for this. There weren't women going around in this day wondering, am I going to be the one who is going to be pregnant with the Savior of the world? That was not something that they thought of. It happened. They came to Mary. It reveals that this God is one who comes to the lowly, to the humble. God revealed himself through his angels to shepherds. 
Now, if I was God, I can think of so many other more efficient, more spectacular, more wonderful ways to reveal myself so that people, the whole world, would know. Why not go to the cities? Why not, speak, why not show a host of angels to the whole world so that there'd be no choice but to believe? God is not that way. God comes to the humble, to the unsuspecting, to the lowly, and he reveals himself slowly and over time. Even when Herod finds out, he finds out by these magi who are outside of the story of God from the east. He finds out indirectly, which is extremely fascinating. Because God is not one who his main purpose is to be efficient or to be quick. God is one who is humble and who is patient. As we consider these stories at the beginning, the story of Jesus, we see a God who is humble, who comes to us in the form of a child. God incarnated came to us as a baby who needed to be cared for. I mean, think about that. God came to us as a child who needed to be cared for. Now, if you've seen parents try to parent, or if if you've seen children live, you know that one of the main purposes of parenting is to keep kids alive. Um, And it's not an easy task, because it seems like they're just wanting to do everything other than than that, than be safe. But, But Jesus came as a child, and he came as a child in a manger, something that we say, something that we know. But it's something so lowly, so unspectacular, completely unnoticed. For everybody else, either they didn't know that this baby was being born, or that it was just any other baby that was born on that day. It made very little difference, except for those whom it made all the difference. Those whom God revealed himself to, to show them what was actually taking place. So God, it reveals that God is humble, that God is patient, that he is okay with taking time for people to discover who he is, who Christ is, to receive the light that is shining upon us. But it also reveals something about us. The coming light of Christ in these stories reveal to us that we need God's light to see God's light. You guys are thinking, okay, sounds great, but I don't even know what it means. Um, We need God's light to see God's light. That it is not self-evident. If you are a Christian... It, you, if you are, if you've put your faith in Jesus, you have not done so because you are smart. You have not done so because you know things or know better or know more than another person. Faith begins first and only with God. The grace and mercy that God has shown to us is that He has revealed Himself to us. The reason why. Mary and Joseph knew what was taking place. The reason why the shepherds went to go see what was happening is because God revealed to them what was happening. God revealed to them who this person of Jesus was. So if we are praising this morning 
that God has come to us in Christ, we are praising because God has made the first move. We are praising because God has come to us in Jesus and has shown us, revealed to us, out of his infinite mercy and grace, that it means everything. Advent shows us, reminds us, that God came to us in Jesus and continues to come to us in Jesus and continues to show us and reveal to us what that means that it changes everything. Advent shows us that God is faithful. God is faithful to come into our lives when we're unsuspecting, when we knew no better, when we had no idea, that he is faithful to surprise us, that he is faithful to unsettle us, that he is faithful to reveal to us what it actually means. Advent reminds us that we worship a God, that we follow a God who came to us in the humble beginnings of a child. The unspectacular way in a manger. And that his forms of power are other than our forms of power. His desires take time. They take a lifetime. It is not immediate, it's not coercion, it's not forced upon you. The coming light of Christ, and it's interesting, I titled this the sermon, The Invading Light. And it's an invasion, so to speak, because it's God making the first move, but it's also not coercive. It comes before us, and then we are left before the revelation of Jesus To be like Mary, to say, here I am. To be like the shepherds, to go and to see, to be intrigued. Or to be like Herod, to reject, to deny, to put to death. So as we consider again and afresh these beginning nativity stories, I think it reveals to us something about God who is faithful to come to us, but something about ourselves that we need God to reveal himself in order for us to respond. And that's the good news of Advent, that his light breaks into the darkness, but that he gives us eyes to see that light breaking in so that we might then respond as faithful followers or in ways in trying to reject, to deny, or to put it to death. But Advent pulls us into the story, reminds us who God is, and reminds us of who we are. So we're going to take some space, as we want to do in Advent, to, I want to leave you with God. And I want to suggest that you pray in one of these three ways. God of light, surprise us with Christ's presence. God of light, unsettle us with Christ's presence. God of light, reveal to us Christ's presence. I don't know where you are in your life with God. But this is a time and an opportunity for you to come before God and to pray in one of these three ways. Perhaps you need to be surprised. Perhaps your, your faith could use some getting knocked out of apathy. That you want your faith to be, again, shined with the light of Christ in a way that's surprising. Or perhaps you've just been living life with God in a way that feels like ordinary over time or you're you're not really sure where 
Where you are, things feel comfortable, and you need to be unsettled by Christ's presence. Or maybe you're at the beginning stages of faith, where you can't deny that God has made a, a move toward you, and you're wondering what to do in response. Ask that God would reveal to you Christ's presence in a greater, stronger, more in-depth way. I'd like to pray, and then we'll have that space, and then we'll continue in worship. God, you are the God who reveals. You are the God who surprises. You are the God who unsettles. Thank you that you've come to us in Jesus. Thank you that it changes everything. Help us to see how it does. In Jesus' name, amen.